welcome to Roman Records, a podcast dedicated to vinyl grooves and brown booze. Hosted by Two Cunts Called Craig. On our final episode of the year, we run down 10 of our favourite albums of 2019. And to fuel our nostalgic look back on the year that was, we delve into the deepest, darkest parts of our drinks cabinets to find the rums that never made it to the podcast. All this and more coming up in Roman Records. Hello, listener. Hello, Craig. Hello. Welcome to what is the final episode of Roman Records for 2019. Uh, final episode of season one. Season one, exactly. And that's because we're planning something different for season two. We are. Um, there still will be rum. There still will be records. But um, we might try a little different format. Maybe we'll even finally get some guests on. So in kind of time on a tradition, um, we thought it would be remiss not to sort of uh, review our favourite albums of the year. Absolutely. There's always... I, I look forward to the end of year reviews and I also always pick up an album that maybe I lost on the way and hopefully you may find an album that you didn't know existed. Maybe a new artist. Or maybe you'll feel vindicated when we tell you what our favourite albums of the last year were. Um, this is a, a combined list. Yes, absolutely. So obviously there'll be records there that... I kind of would have been in my personal top 10 that aren't there, but yeah. we went through a lot of different ways of trying to figure this out. We made no. spreadsheets, we shared <laughs> know, them, we did we a did. pointing system. We really did. But before we go into all the details, you know us, we just want to get the music started. So this is going to be our number 10. So we're going to do a top 10 of 2019. Number 10 is, of course, Craig. It is uh, The National, and the album is I Am Easy To Find, and this is the track... It is her head. There we go, number 10 on our list. Um, a band that I don't really listen to ever, and I know that you've tried to convert yeah, me before. Yeah, I have, and uh, well, I've not, I don't think I've tried hard enough to be you've, you've really not, you've just said you should listen to no, the I National. Know. And you can lead Craigie T to the proverbial water, but you certainly cannot make him drink, <laughs> unless that water is made of rum. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you know what? It's like, for me, this was an album that was obviously released... Um, well, obviously released in 2019, but it was in May. It was a follow-up to the 2017 Sleep Well Beast. And it was kind of eagerly anticipated by me, as, as every national album is. I pre-ordered it. It came in beautiful tri-coloured vinyl. It's a triple vinyl, isn't it? It's a long one. Yeah, it's a, and it is a long album, and actually it's arguably too long. Um, and it took me a wee while to get into it. And it was a big departure from the band in the sense that there are a lot of female guest vocalists, as he did on this particular track. Uh, and at first, as a purist like me, I was like, oh, wait a minute, I'm not, I'm not liking this. Not because I didn't think the female vocalists were good. It just, for me, wasn't what I was looking for from The National. Mm-hmm. However, I, I did get into it the more I listened to it. Uh, I saw them live in Manchester at uh, Castlefield Bowl, which is an outdoor venue. Yep. And I think that made me appreciate the album a, a heck of a lot more. Did they have... 
female singers. They did, there. but but not all of them because okay. there's I think there's about six different female vocalists yeah. that appear on on this album. Uh, the singer on this song that we listened to, which I have to admit, I did listen to the album. It's the album of the year. I had to rank it somehow. Mm. It didn't really grab me, but this song itself is probably the standout track from the album. Yeah. And we uh, we couldn't find out who the singer was, and it's actually Clive Owen's daughter. Eve yeah, Owen. Eve, and I mean, she's great. Listen, not the best national album, in my opinion. And if you're like Craig, you're new to the band, probably not the one you're going to easily access. Um, but I think they tried to do something different. They could have just churned out yet another national album, and I would have been delighted. However... At this stage in their career, they've tried something a bit different. They maybe try to appeal to some new fans. And I think it was both of them to do that. Matt Berenger, the lead singer's wife, and Matt writes all the lyrics, uh, or so I thought. But it turns out his wife actually helps him write a lot of the lyrics. So quite often, what we had, we, or we didn't realise is mm. they're maybe from a woman's perspective sometimes as well. So to actually put female, female vocals behind these yeah. lyrics was actually quite a quite an obvious choice in retrospect having having now known that so I think that was quite a cool thing to do absolutely and then um, yeah and we're not going to go on too much about these albums we are just going to listen no. to our favourite track off the album talk about why we like it you can agree you can disagree you can write to us totally this uh, is Rum and Records you'll be happy to hear we are actually drinking rum mm. for the first time in a long time we were thinking didn't drink rum in the Christmas episode really we'd had stolen rum no. Um, we didn't drink rum in episode rockin'. 11, Harder Rockin'. No, we drank everything but rum. We didn't drink rum on episode 10. I had Aquavit and you had... The Black Russians. Yeah, you made Black Russians. There was more rum in that. Black Loves. So, yeah. no, we've not had rum for a while. Episode 9 was Catronada. We had Claran Saju. So it's technically not rum either, but yeah, it's close to rum. We've not drunk rum in a long we're time. fucking frauds. We really are. So we thought, um, you know, New Year, you're usually just rooting around the back of the cupboard and finding whatever you got left. So we've got a few of the rums that were close to being finished. And um, we've just, there, the now, finished a little cheeky half bottle oh, of uh, Appleton. Yeah. Just the standard Apple, Appleton special. So that's finished. I think we're going to move on to the Appleton's estate. Yeah, well, I've already moved on, actually. Um, well done. Appleton signature blend. This, do you know what? This was one of the rums that basically kick-started, if you like, rum and records. Definitely. The original episode, and we got back to mines, having already had a skinful. Mm-hmm. We drank about half a bottle of this. We did, with ting. With ting. And we've got two kinds of ting here, just for that purpose. So we're going to move on to that pretty damn soon. But as Craig said, we're, 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 we're not scraping the dregs or anything, but we're, we're, we're revisiting some of the, the rums that we've um, enjoyed over the course of the year. And I think at the end of the year, it's good time, good sell, good time to do that. Absolutely. So we're going to move on to our album number nine, which is a little bit different. It's from a London-based band. And I'm hoping you guys have never really heard this album. So this is... Riverfest by, and I might get this band's name wrong, I think it's Naraya. It's a soft J, yeah, I would say, Naraya. Naraya. Um, so give it a listen.
There you have it. That was Naraya uh, and with a track. Riverfest from the album, the double LP, Bloom, um, which I own on double crystal clear uh, vinyl. Lovely. I discovered this through Rough Trade. I think actually this year I've, I've discovered a lot of albums just through Rough Trade's albums of the month. So just going to the store or being online or what? <laughs> That just both. their social media presence usually yeah. I hear about that I think I'm on a mailing list as well mm-hmm. Rough Trade actually do a record club uh, similar to like Final Ooh, Me Please and I stuff didn't like know that. that yeah so I have considered going with that record club instead of Final Me Please they always have exclusive colours just to Rough Trade they do yeah um, and they do pick some very very good artists yeah yeah like I said this is a London based band um <laughs> Predominantly female-fronted seven-piece, mm. a septet. A septet. Um, featuring instruments like tenor saxophone, mm-hmm. alto saxophone, Lovely. trumpet, guitar, drums, and bass. And the guitar tone in this particular song, and the whole mm. record actually, is stunning. Yeah. And as much as the, the horns and the brass are, are very powerful, mm. I'm loving that guitar. I think that's the Brilliant. thing that keeps me hooked. It does. It came out in August, which I think is probably the perfect time for this record to be released. It's totally got those late summer barbecue vibes. Yep. And it's just, like you said about The National, it's a total grower for me. Yep. And if you don't already have it, it is featured in Rough Trade's albums of the year. And they've now released a, a new coloured variant I think it's neon orange um, so nice and I don't have this so I, I might actually go and pick uh, up a wee neon I might orange snap that up Absolutely. to be honest yeah you know you introduced me to this particular album um, I'm pretty sure you put it on one of our uh, shared playlists that we, we, we like to keep throughout the year and uh you're absolutely spot on. It's just one of those albums that you can play. There's not a bad track on it. It does kind of meld into each other, particularly if it's kind of on in the background, but that's yep. not necessarily a bad thing. No, not at all. And and you're right, I've been listening to this album a lot, like all our albums over yeah. the past kind of month. And uh, yeah, it definitely warms the cockles, puts a spring in your step. Yeah, It's, it's a good commute album, I do like it. I, I, I really like it, and it's, it's one that I think even years from now I would go back to it and re-listen to it and I think for me that it's difficult when you do these things because you sometimes get carried away with a moment of an album um, but also like how do you say one album's better than the other it's a very difficult thing to do and it's very subjective of course but this is certainly one that I, I thought do you know what I could listen to this I could easily go back in two or three years and put that on and really really enjoy it as you say on on the, on the bus on the train on the you know the car whatever, however you commute to work it's a really chilled, relaxing album to, to listen to and get any kind of get into that kind of mindset for in that groove. In that groove for any work or, or leaving work, whatever you happen to be doing. So we're moving from a record that you enjoyed to one that um definitely splits opinion in this yeah, group. Yeah, no it does. And I think it's it's good that we've got some uh we've got some healthy debate in this. Um so how we did this, I don't think we mentioned this at the top of the show, but we essentially had to nominate... Well, we found tracks... We found albums that we both agreed yes, on. There was a, so there were certain albums yeah. that we definitely completely agreed on, and then that left us with a space to kind of add maybe three four or four each. of our own, yeah. and then we had to listen to the full albums and then start to understand where we actually ranked them. And it, yeah, it did kind of get a bit biased, and like, all my albums are my favourites and all your albums are favourites, but it's different to see how yeah. kind of attached to you are to a certain album. Yeah. Um. So that's what kind of gave the the gradients here. Yeah. So this next album was completely your number ten, it but was. I'm pretty sure this was like my number five album. Like, I really really like this album. It splits opinions because it's an album of two halves. Um. It's a bit of a cliche, but side A and side B are completely different. 
It's a compilation. Yeah. In and fact, that... it's a soundtrack to a film that I've never seen. Which is kind of cool. I'm glad you've not seen it in some ways. Yes. Way. So, um, the album is called Self-Discovery for Social Survival. It's a compilation full of artists from the Mexican Summer label. Label? Oh. Uh, based in New York. Like, um, my boy. Your boy? Aye. Who else is on that? My boy. Washed Out. Is Washed Out on there? He was, aye. He was on Mexican Summer. Yeah, he was. Side A predominantly features Alalaz. Um, and what's different is they usually have, like, singing, but this is all instrumental. It's mm. all just jam sessions. And mm. then Side B starts, and you're like, have they pressed the wrong record? Yeah. And it's Conan Moccasin, who, if you don't oh, know, Con- oh, from favorite, famous New Zealander. So, yeah, Side A is very chilled, very kind of Krangbin-esque, quite yeah. indie with guitars, and then Side B turns into quite experimental, long-drawn-out... Well, this was my... Madness. This was my contention with this album. I loved Side A. Yeah. And I just wanted more Side A, but then they... But I think, actually, I enjoy Side B more now, because I've listened to it so many times, and I'm thinking, like, it is. it does sound a bit weird, and you're like, what the fuck's going on? Why, why did they not just do it like side A? But it's kind of like a chalk and cheese and I enjoy that. But then, without seeing the visuals that are behind that, yes, it's difficult to maybe rate it with any real critical eye over it without having seen it against the visuals because those songs might work fantastically with those visuals. Very true, very true. Well, we're going to stop talking about this right now. You'll be happy to know we're going to play a track from side A. Thank fuck. It's not from the Alalaz. This one's actually from Dungan. Or Dungeon, I don't know how you pronounce it, but they are... Dungan. <laughs> Dungan. Uh, they are from Scandinavia. And this song is called Varhal Du Varit, and I just absolutely love it. Get it on. The hipster choice of the night. Indeed. Absolutely. So uh, self-discovery for social survival. Good title, actually. I always forget it. I actually, I always have to get the LP out and read it. Self-discovery for social survival. Would be a bit pretentious, but I like it. Yeah, um, I, to add to the pretentiousness, I really wish... Is that what the film's called, actually? Yes, I think so. Hmm. As I said, I've not watched the film. It is a surfing film. I actually got into this album because... Facebook gave me an advert about oh, the film. I listened to it. I was so like, it was an, al- it was an algorithm. Yeah, absolutely. But I was like, what is that music? I need to know what that music is. And searching, searching, searching. And I found out it was this band. There you go. Um, I found it was a compilation, which really gets me hard because I get to discover all these new bands. Really? I, I don't know. I love a compilation. Do you know, I've got a real thing with soundtracks. Like, maybe I'm just scarred from former workplace, getting subjected to soundtracks in my ear constantly without the, the visuals behind it. But are you talking about like scores? 
Yeah, scores. See, I'm different. Like scores, yeah, they, I, I get. Because they're actual tunes. But this isn't is they? like a compilation album. The, These are tunes. They're basically, uh, you know, that's like curated, isn't it? Yes. It's not um, scored for a particular visual. Well, I don't know. Maybe the first side I think might could have been. Mm. Like listening to it, it's all instrumental. It's, it does yeah. have that surf rock vibe to it. And I love that surf rock vibe. I fucking love that. And there, was, there was a wee bit of kind of almost like urge overkill in there. <laughs> almost like, like really, really good. Um, and I remember when you actually like, I think you text me and you're like, oh, listen to this. Mm-hmm. I happened to be out walking my dog, put it on instantly. I was like, right, because I need something to listen to. And I was fucking loving it. I got halfway through my walk and I got and I was whoa. And I went, ah, <laughs> yeah. ah. And they went, bad boys. I'm supposed to go on. Uh, bad yeah. boys. I did get a wee bit like that, but um, no, it's it's in there. It's uh, I would probably never have listened to it otherwise. So uh, I would say the one disappointing thing, just to be an absolute vinyl snob, no uh, no special variants. There's only one oh. version out there. I think it would. I mean, the colours they use on the cover would really look well on. Is it a purple cover? Is it? It's green with a bit of pink and purple going on mm. there, and a bit of teal as oh, well. Love a bit of teal. Aye, um, but there you go. Our number eight record, which is again self-discovery for social survival, a soundtrack provided by the artists of the Mexican Summer label. <laughs> Moving cool. on to number seven in our list, and Craig, it's for you to. Announce the artist. You you led her to me. And as of course Stella Donnelly. Stella <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so this was an album that uh, I think was released oh I don't have it off the top of my head, but I think it was back early. Let's in the not year. even do that, let's just say, yep. We're gonna talk about that after, but let's listen to it first. So this is Stella Donnelly and the album is called Beware of the Dogs. And this track is called Old Man. Here we go. Your personality traits don't count if you put your dick in someone's face. I know it's never too late. We sat there silently while you kept your job and your place and your six figure wage. Oh, are you scared of me, old man? Or are you scared of what I'll do? You grab me Stella Donnelly and the track was called Old Man from her debut LP Beware of the Dogs uh, released in March this year so that was uh, that was that what do you think it Craig? I have to admit and I wasn't going to admit this but when you first put this song on and I said listen to the lyrics I felt a bit victimised <laughs> <laughs> I felt like affronted and I was like shit shit am I is she talking to me she's very close to the bone with some stuff she is and I actually read quite a few interviews and uh, she's self-styled herself as what is yeah. known as a shit stirrer Aye. she goes to the bone and I, this is the thing I really like about this album after listening to it is the lyrics oh, I, I'm not one for listening to lyrics too much I love instrumental music and I see vocals as just an addition to that Yeah, but they catch you off and you're like oh fuck they yeah. do and, and some of them are like playful and funny and like you know I, I play with my vibrator I think imagine it was you second track Mosquito yeah some I'm... really good stuff like that. and then like um, <laughs> your personality traits don't count for nothing when you stick your dick, dick in, in someone's, someone's face. face but you know what there's been an emergence of artists um, emergence of female vocalists and singer songwriters over the last probably two three years in particular mm-hmm. 
it's not a new thing, of course, but there's there's been a kind of real uh, resurgence of that, and I've really really enjoyed it. We, you know, we've talked about in previous podcasts Absolutely. how we really enjoy um, female vocalists in particular. So I, I think Stella has been a a welcome addition to the party. I'll be completely honest, uh, and I'll be quite candid of why I even bought this album. And I'm not a slave to reviews by any stretch of the imagination, but I did read a review of it and I thought, that sounds good. Sounds like my street. It was quite highly rated. I'm going to go and buy it. I was in my, my local record store, Piccadilly, which is a great um, great record store if you're, if you're from the Manchester area. And I picked it up in olive green translucent vinyl, as you talked about. Yeah, I think I'm going to try and pick that up if I can yeah. get my hands on it. And it's actually one I bought at the start of the year, maybe listened to a couple of times, but then end up going back to and back to... Mm. And, and re-listening to it and it, go, it gets better with every listen well that was number 7 we're going to quickly move on to number 6 it's another female vocalist and it's another one of mainly your selection here yeah this artist actually released two albums this year they did uh, absolutely pr- prolific um, in their releases this year and I, I've got a lot of respect for artists that do this um, Prince obviously quite famously did it and there's been other artists as well but I just love the fact that it's like hey we've you know we just want to put music out there. Yeah, I not... read that they actually recorded in two different locations and recorded kind of in two different styles. One was all pre-prepared yeah. and one was actually just recorded on location. They brought out some songs. And it's it's interesting as well because um, I could have easily picked either album in some ways mm. uh, and there's a reason I picked this one over the other one. So uh, the artist is Big Thief um, yeah. and the album is UFOF and... The song is Cattails. And we're going to play it for you now, and then we'll talk about it. That was Big Thief with Cattails from the album UFOF, and that was released also in May on 4AD, which the National was as well. I remember actually pre-ordering both of them, both of them together. That's a nice package for you to. It was very get. nice. This one was done in translucent orange vinyl, so that was quite exciting for me when yeah. it came. It was... You're a big fan of Big Thief. Um, we've done previous kind of best of. Years yeah, together. Really Obviously, I've not made it as a podcast. This is series one. Yeah. Um, but Shark Smile. That was my what track. A track. That was my track of the year. Aye. And it was interesting. You we talked about um, vinyl clubs earlier on, and you're talking about Vinyl Me Please, which I was a previous member of, your current member of. I got uh, Capacity, which was uh, their second album. Mm. It's part of that on very nice, kind of heavyweight yellow vinyl. Had never heard of them, and I listened to it good few times and I just fell in love with that album hooked, hooked but that song in particular really really good um, and it led me on to to, to to be sort of you know pre-ordering their bloody albums you know I've never done that before I've never even heard of them um, but this was the first of two releases that year actually five months later they released a second album um, which was a bit crazy which was called Two Hands they, they described it as the Earth Twin um, but what really got me falling in love with this album in particular I took a long drive uh, up to the Scottish borders um, 
from from my home. So it's about a three and a bit hour drive. Mm. Um, and I did there and back over a couple of days. And it was sort of autumnish type. Yep. Nice clear roads. Nice countryside. Sunny. Do you know what? It was fucking magic. Uh, I do miss driving with records. Like, yeah. I mean, I obviously have my commute. Yeah. But there's, there's nothing quite like it. And particularly yeah. when... Especially I, when you're in control of the car. Yeah, and it's... Sometimes I just an album's on repeat, Aye. and I, I've actually forgot I've got it on repeat, and I'm like shit. But I just let it play, yeah. and yeah. that's why I really fell in love with this album. It was driving through the Scottish countryside and English countryside, to be fair, um, over over those kind of two days, and just really connected with the album and the the countryside that I was driving through. I, I don't know how that had any significance, but uh, we certainly. A, a, a kind of much love experience, and I would all. I'm always going to think about that when I'm. Uh, I re-listen to this, so yeah, that 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 was big thief. Now, before we move on to our final five, we um, should mention that we're now drinking a new rum again. We are indeed. So we actually bought two rums from Jerry's. So Jerry's is a, a great kind of booze shop, and right in the bang in the middle of Soho. And um, we went in, we were looking for a rum just to kind of drink and hang out. Mm. And we saw that there was a Mauritian rum. So we picked that one up. But then one of the staff actually said, well, there's we've got quite a few Mauritian rums. You should also try this one. Yeah. So we took his advice and bought both bottles. We bought both. Um, and we've never used them on a podcast. We've just used them for Do when you're around. No. Was on the night we just hung out? We, we just, just hung, hung out. out. We were going to do a podcast. We decided just to kind of sit and listen. And we tried, I don't know, eight or nine different types of rums. Yeah, the one that we're drinking right now is Green Island Spiced Gold, which yeah. is a blend of Mauritian rums with spirit laced with natural spices. This one is actually really nice. I do uh, like this one absolutely. Yeah. In fact, the other one that we're going to drink is a bit of a smaller bottle. It's San Oban or Saint Oban. Yep. And that one proudly uses Mauritian cinnamon, and it is a very full-on oh, cinnamon cinnamon drink. Isn't it? Yeah. I think I actually prefer that one. It's got dark sugary vibes as mm. well but right now we're drinking Green Island Spiced it's it's an, a pleasant spiced rum it's not overly vanilla no no um, and I've, I've been in Mauritius a few times actually I've been lucky enough to, to visit and from a, a country that's basically covered in sugar cane they should be producing some good rums um, and I think they do they're, they're probably a little bit underrated I know our, our friend uh, of the pod and who is much men just on the pod without appearing <laughs> Chris Hambly, Chris Hambly yeah. who uh, spent his honeymoon there, also is a fan of the Green Island rum, but he brought us on back, but I don't think it was this one. No. No. This might be just the export version. Yeah. You know, you do that quite a lot. It does have a unique taste to it. It's definitely a spiced rum, but it's not one you're going to get confused with others. So if you're if you're in a position to pick these up, they were pretty reasonable. They were very reasonable. Like 25, 25 quid, maybe. maybe even sub 25 quid. 20, 25 tops. Yeah. I think we maybe get two bottles for like 40 odd quid, I think. Aye, look them up. Um, we'll definitely tell you about San Oban, St. Oban uh, next. But right now we're just enjoying Green Islands. And Absolutely. we're going to move on to Ch- our number five. This is actually the second album from a very talented young man called Matt Maltese. He's based right here in London. I can't remember how I discovered him, but I discovered him just before his debut album came out and he described himself as... It's on Facebook. It's probably on Facebook, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, he described himself as Brexit pop, (laughs) um, but also schmaltz core. So he's quite a crooner. 
And the first album was very, very well produced. It had some amazing tracks on there. Bad Contestant Mm. was one of them that stood out like a fish. I mean, drunk like a fish. I love that track. Because his inadequacies against another man. This album, however, and the reason I love this, this is, in my mind, probably either my number three or number two album, personally. This was interesting because this came out pretty recently. It only came out last month. Yeah. So this was like a late contender. It was, it was, it was kind of thrust in there, mm-hmm. and it upset, not upset, upset in a good way. Yeah. Craigie T shook ba- things up. Yeah, it did shook things up. And we just dis- we discussed this because sometimes we think that these albums maybe deserve a higher place because they're fresher. Yeah, recency bias, you know. Uh-huh. It's a but. Thing. I bloody love Matt Maltese. I think when his first album came out, again, that was probably my top three albums of the year. The reason that I love this album so much, one, it's a breakup album. I love hearing people's depression and being broken up. (laughs) But two, it was recorded in his bedroom. And it's definitely got a a more lo-fi feeling, Mm. more bedroom pop compared to the highly produced album of his debut. And I love both. This morning, I, I walked to work and I was listening to this and then I put on his debut album straight after. I was like, I, I still need some more Matt Maltese. Mm. Keep an eye out for him. He's a very talented guy. Uh, we're going to listen to a song here called Jupiter from the second album, Crystal. With a K. Crystal with a K, who is supposedly the person that broke up with him. Oh, really? I don't know if it's a, a fictional person. Probably. Anyways, we're going to listen to this, Jupiter, and enjoy. Absolutely stunning. The more and more I listen to that record, the more I love it. And you mentioned there so many tracks on this album, and Mm. they're so different as well. Like the first track, um, what was it called? Uh, Wrong, rom com gone wrong. Rom com gone wrong. Yeah. Um, He's got a real good humour about him. It does. It really does. I released. In fact, talking about good humour, he released a track. And it talks about a pity shag. <laughs> but someone misinterpreted it. Put it on Twitter and it's like, I love that Matt Maltese. Like, he just gets me. He's talking about Peter Shack. You know? I've never talked about that. And he actually printed off t-shirts called, they just said Peter Shack. Or Peter Shack, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, he just embraced it. That's brilliant. This album, like I said, bedroom pop. Um, I love that vibe. He still gets quite a lot of nice instrumentation in there. A lot, obviously, pianos and keyboards. Mm. But it brings the guitar in as well. And it's got that kind of Weezer demo-esque mm. kind of vibe to it. It does. And you made a, f- a phenomenal observation during uh, the interlude. Well, you said it's a bit of a Christmassy vibe. And yeah, this wh- tune is totally last, last Christmas. Christmas. Yeah, yeah. So you didn't hear this because it was off off uh, off air, so to speak. But we fit we fit in. We we were basically singing last Christmas to this Aye. this tune before the lyrics kicked in, and it, it totally fits. Yeah, and it's possibly why why we like it so much, or one of the reasons why we like it so much anyway. And then this is this is amazing pop music. I mean, I I, I have to hand on heart, I do enjoy pop music, but overproduced, yeah. oversold pop music really grinds my gears. But this, it's awesome. Very talented. I love the falsetto vocals on this as well. Just really, really good, really good album. I can remember you like texting me, I think it was a Saturday, Mm. 
and you were like, fucking hell, I'm going to discover my album of the year. You were so excited. I, I was lying in the bath. I, I put some candles on. I put, like, it was it was just the start of kind of winter, obviously. Yeah, yeah, it came was. Out. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I just decided I need some time to myself, put that album on, and fucking hell, it just... I remember I was sold. I was downstairs. I was making. I was making dinner. I was in the kitchen. Just, but it was just me again. Right. It was that kind of me time. Just chopping yep. vegetables, doing whatever I was doing. Really, really enjoyed it. And, and it does get better and better with every lesson. And I dare say, had I had more time to listen to it further, it could have been thrust further up the top five. But I'm very glad to see it in there. I'm glad it's in the top five. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I think equal on points is our next one. But we decided through a kind of judge's decision that uh, we'd move our next act into number four. And that's because probably one of our favourite acts and probably one of the most consistent acts in British music. Yeah. We've talked about them before. Absolutely. And it is, of course... Bibio. Although his albums have always been proper quality, yeah. consistent, I think this one is probably his best since uh, Ambivalence Avenue. I agree. Wholeheartedly. He's finally... He's went through all the experimentation. He's tried that kind of 80s pop vibe, all that sort of stuff. And he's came to a point where... He's doing fucking field recordings that he's always done, but he's also bringing in that electronic music and a little bit more of a modern yeah, style. I love it. Absolutely love it. I remember it came out in February, I believe, and um, very early in the year. Double purple vinyl. Yeah, double purple vinyl. I think both of us got, yeah, got, got it that. in that variant. And it came with a purple plectrum that's a video on it as well. I've got exactly. This track, the one I picked actually, is a little bit different. It reminds me so much of Mike Oldfield, It Hurts. And actually, after I listened to that track, I put Mike Oldfield's Omidon on and just fucking enjoyed the entire thing. Um, so I'll try and read this. This is Erdy Didder, Erdy Didder. Oh, yeah. Erdy Didder, Erdy Didder. I would say that's it. Aye. Erdy Didder, Erdy Didder. Nailed it. Um, it's a fucking playful, fantastic track, and I really hope you enjoy it. So we're going to kick it off now. Bibio, of course. Yep. From the album uh, Ribbons. Yes, absolutely. Um, it's got a nice, uh, lovely artwork. He always tries to get his face in the artwork. Have you noticed that? On most of the albums, his face is there somewhere. Ah. Um, like, Mind Boca is like a silhouette of his face. Do you know what? It's an interesting point you make. Um, in a college course I took, going back now, but then, <laughs> a, a long time ago, ago. <laughs> 30 years ago, <laughs> and I was in college. No, but. I remember doing this like with this project, and I did uh, to make a poster, and basically my poster, right? Right. Think of the Bibio front cover of the album. Aye. That one yeah. for ribbons. Yeah, for ribbons. Where it's his face, Aye. right? The outline of his face, and they've got different things superimposed in his face. Aye. I basically did that, right? But with it, like someone else, not Bibio, obviously, Aye. not Sam Wilkinson. My lecturer fucking slated me for. She said it was shite, basically. And I was like, I was pretty hot. It's pretty hot. And now it's an, on an actual fucking album. So fuck you. I feel vindicated. <laughs> anyway, I digress massively. Great tune. And we were chatting over over the interludes. And uh, the thing that this album reminds me of, right, what it invokes in my mind. And I was listening to it on the train recently. Cascading through the English countryside on my way down to London. 
I could just see Stephen right as like a kind of wandering minstrel, with a guitar over his over his, his shoulders, walking through the countryside as he much loves, and just like sort of like dancing away, fucking loving it. <laughs> and then you start talking about the Pied Piper. Ah, a wee bit. And then you're like, "Have you seen the videos?" And I was like, "No, what videos?" Yeah, so, so he made me. a big deal about it. He's like, "Coming soon," and it was like a kind of little mini movie. And it's him, because obviously this album has a lot of field recordings of streams and, and, and birds and the rustling leaves and the wind. Yeah. He actually did it live in the countryside. Obviously, because there's quite a lot of instruments involved, he would layer up those sounds. And, um, it, yeah, it's stunning. He's such a talented guy. And the fact of the matter that he doesn't tour is upsetting, but it's understandable as well. And I really do appreciate the fact that even though he's not going to tour... He'll do like a kind of live-esque video. Yeah. He's, he's an amazing artist. He's truly well-deserved. And if it wasn't for the top three, if these top three didn't exist, obviously he would be the top artist. And in, in other years, I probably would have said that this was the top album. Yeah. But our final three are very, very, they very are strong. Very, very strong. When this came out, I was just like, it's done. I was like, this is my best album. Yeah. I, I honestly thought that. And again, these things are very subjective and they, and they can change day to day almost. But... What a what a good album! And if you've never really listened to Bibio, and, and we have talked about him before, as Craig said, this is a good album. Please, to start. please, please go and check this album out. Yeah, it's so good. He's such a talented guy. He deserves your attention. He doesn't get a lot of it. So, and also, if you really, it. really like this album, go and listen to Mike Oldfield. Educate yourself. Do you know what? Get yeah, almond on. Absolutely spot on. Um, before we move on, Craig, I want to talk about the rum. Yes. Um, so we've moved on to the second Russian rum which is a St. Oban. Um, this is heavily spiced. Proudly. Proudly spiced with the Mauritian cinnamon. Cinnamon, yeah. I, I think this rum would really divide opinion. I love it. All right, we're top three. Our top three. Um, top, top three. three. So that brings us on to the top three. Drum roll, please. And it is an artist who I only discovered, again, through a mailing list, not a Facebook post, although I did see the Facebook post mm. after. And it was from an amazing record store, Monorail, yeah. in Glasgow, home of great exclusives. If you're into Scottish music and you love signed postcards... You definitely want to get all your music from Monorail because pretty much every Scottish artist will sign something special and put it inside absolutely. that album. And they were absolutely loving this album. I gave it a quick listen and then I, I didn't buy it instantly. But I did remember the name and I added to playlist and I kept listening, I kept listening. And then when it came to the time for me to buy it, it was sold out everywhere. Yeah. I don't think I had a huge release in the UK. I think I could only really see remnants of it on Juno and Norman mm. and obviously Monorail, but all sold out everywhere. Weren't, wasn't in the big stores like Rough Trade no. or Piccadilly. So, no copies in the UK. No. Amazon.com. 
So that's US, actually I had, so I had to buy it from US. the US from Amazon. I'm not really a big fan USA. of doing that. USA, USA. However, it was only six pounds postage, mm. and it came pretty quickly. Now the artist in question is Joanna Sternberg. We're gonna go with the first track of "Then I Try Some More." The song is called "This Is Not Who I Want to Be," and we'll give it a little yeah. deep dive after this. The beautiful sounds of Joanna Sternberg from the album. Then I try some more. That track was "This Is Not Who I Want to Be," and when you listen to the album, it's it's quite a dark yeah, listen. Yeah, it is. Um, I would say that this album would have been really high up for me if it wasn't for that damn penguin song. I just can't get it. I don't understand <laughs> it. What is? What's the name of the penguin it, again? Pimba. Pimba. Is it Pimba? Play it. Play a wee bit of it now. Okay. Just play a wee bit. Of it. My name is Archie, I'm the loneliest pug. <laughs> My mommy leaves me in the kitchen when she goes to work. <laughs> I sang this to my dog, actually. Because like, Craig drew my attention to it, but tell me how much he hated it. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a sweet little song, but I just, it doesn't add anything to the album. They studied in New York um, playing the double bass. Uh-huh. Moved on to more of a songwriting thing. I mean, w- you described this album very well to me. I think I, we were both uh, at work one day and you said, oh, check this out. Listen to this album. It's really good. Can I, I want to listen to this kind of time of year, kind of winter vibe. You, I, th- I can't remember how you described it. You said like a kind of winter, like yeah, I mean, it's like a melancholic kinda... album. Yes, melancholy, grey, dreich. I think I used yeah. the word dreich. So good, if you're not Scottish... Scottish but I've listened to this a lot since you introduced me to it. And I don't have it in vinyl because it's quite hard to come by. Um, But I really want it on vinyl because I really appreciate this album. And the more I listen to it, the more I like it. Um, It reminds me a wee bit of, I think I said this to you after a couple of listens, in a very, very good way, it reminds me of like, it's got those kind of Joni Mitchell sensibilities to it. Mm. You know, the the sort of... um, Without the kind of political sense to it, but just the, the, the sense of the vocals, the folkiness to it, but very much brought up to the modern age. And and it's a real compliment that I put, you know, Joanna in that, in that, in that same sort of category as, as Joni. And it really took me a surprise because it's someone I've never heard of, don't know the yeah. context to it, quite late in the year. But this is also why you need to subscribe to these kind of newsletters. Yeah. Record stores are the best places to find about new artists. Um, we're going to talk about some of the artists that didn't make our list. Yeah. One of them was Wise Blood, which I absolutely adored. Mm. Um, and I discovered that by being a Psy Records in Edinburgh. And oh, I was, I'd yeah, bought quite yeah. a lot of records and it was playing. And I was like, who the hell is this? Yeah. It's not as Wise Blood. Not totally. It's a great point. I mean, it's like where I discovered uh, Rolling Blackout's Coastal Fever. Yeah. It was through Piccadilly. And 
you know, Craig makes a, a very, very good point. These are not only places to go and buy your records, they're places to go and discover Absolutely. new artists and, you know, support those artists through purchasing and listening via social media or whatever. Absolutely, and I kick myself for not um, rewarding Monorail with such a such a find by buying it from them. I should have just bought it straight away because I'd listened to it, I liked yeah. it, I should have bought it. Lesson learned. Yeah, I'm just going to just spend like a motherfucker. <laughs> but um, back to Joanna... F- phenomenal, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm. I think, as you said, um, a sort of slightly left field addition to the top three, but a very, very unmerited addition to the top Absolutely. three. And I'm so glad to see it there. Cool. And um, we're going to move on to our second last track, just pipped to the post. Mm. Um, it's another female led. Artist, another female voice you're going to hear here, and it's uh, another artist that we've talked about before. I have indeed, and it's Mannequin Pussy. There we have it. Our number two album of 2019 was, of course, Manic and Pussy's Patience. And um, Craig and I were talking about it. We definitely, definitely have a strong love for Manic and Pussy. I have talked about them before mm-hmm. in previous podcasts. When the album was first getting previewed and they were releasing a couple of singles, I was like, yeah. this is really good. This is fucking great. They'd just signed to Epitaph, one of the legendary punk labels of the US punk scene. Yep. Um, and then the album came through my door, the kind of translucent pink album. And I don't know, like, my son loved it. I ever loved it. We danced about fucking constantly listened to it. I was kind of, I didn't, I don't know if I felt let down or just that it was different because the last two albums lasted about 15 minutes each. Yeah. And this one is a fucking... Probably 30 minutes. Yeah. And it had proper songs in it with proper structures and <laughs> solos and stuff like yeah. that. But it just goes to show that Marissa can sing. Absolutely. Fucking grand set of pipes on her. And um, the songs actually really work. And they really grew and grew and grew. Craig and I actually went to see them live a little over a month ago. Yeah, we did. That was a great it night. It was a fantastic show. Such a good show. And like, yeah. Got to meet the band. Got to meet the band. We chatted to them. I gave them some <laughs> record stickers. Absolutely. Uh, we talked about the podcast, so... Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Maybe on a future um, tour, you might see her on record sticker somewhere. Just hoping, eh? I yeah. doubt hey it. Guys. Hey guys, come on! Their the albums always had a pop sensibility to it. Yeah. I think that's why I liked the previous album. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you you, you described it there really well. Um, Marissa has got such actually she can sing but then she can also flip back to that just getting fucking mental punk uh, and that was what's so cool about the actual live show you could have a song like, between like Drunk 2 and then she starts going absolutely fucking berserk and you're like bouncing about like a madman originally I'd like rated this lower for some reason yeah I had as well and I had to like really revisit it and say no this is one of my most listened to albums of the year for a reason. And I think that probably goes to show that recency does really kind of affect... Like, there's... This album came out way, way back. Yeah. At the start of the year. 
But there are tracks on here that honourable mentions that we could have played. Uh, Cream is a oh, great track. Um, Clams, F U C A W, like all these tracks are heavy fucking hitting. Yeah. They described them as the heaviest tracks they've ever done. I'm, they might not be, mm. but they are heavy as fuck. And yeah. it's good to see that they're still doing those types of tracks and managing to bring it all together as they such do. a cohesive album. They do. And there's still a lot of uh, melody there, even with the heavy hitting tracks. Is, you know, they're yeah. not just like noise for the sake of noise. Um, it was interesting because like, the night I met you to go to that show, and I was supposed to be, I was with my colleagues and we were at some corporate drinks thing. Yep. And I was like, no, I need to go, I'm going to a gig tonight. And they're like, oh, what gig are you going to? And I was just like, Mannequin Pussy. Band's going, Mannequin Pussy. And I'm talking to like, I just, you feel kind of like, and they're like, but also like my colleagues saying, you're much cooler than I. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really realise that you were into such bands. Though. I didn't realise you were so cool, Craig. Oh, wow. Yeah. So yeah, if you want to go for some street cred, yeah, exactly, street cred points. Fucking... I, that's actually when I went when we went to that show, I was fucking disturbed by how many people looked just like you and I. <laughs> I really thought I was down with the kids, and I was into this fucking cool punk band. It was just gonna oh, be sweaty oh. bastards. No, no, just hairy guys, beardy cunts. <laughs> there really was just beardy cunts stroking their fucking chins and not going wild. Um, which really annoyed me and we did originally plan to go and see them in Glasgow at Nice and Sleazy's and that would have been a phenomenal show I fucked up Um, but we couldn't we had other priorities other things to go to but we did manage to see them in London which I'm still thankful for seeing them I'm so glad we got to see them live aye um, really good gig second best album of the year now before we go into our final album and some of you may have already guessed what our final album is number one numero uno we've moved on to our last rum of the night and that is some Ron Zacapa and I've been slugging this bad boy now Ron Zacapa this is the Solera 23 years old is that 23 years old and um, you know we just shoved some fucking coke in it it's a bit old for you (laughs) (laughs) but yeah we're going to drink some Ron Zacapa I've got quite a lot of miniatures of rum. I, I go about and I see miniatures of rum that I've never seen before. Obviously, I, I do actually own the full-size bottle of this as well. But we're not cracking that open. But we're not cracking that open. And not, we're not putting coconut. So this actually, uh, I said to Craig, I bought these couple of miniatures here for the very first podcast that we recorded with Chris Hamley. We never cracked them open because we were too busy making our own cocktails. But it's nice to actually yeah. celebrate the end of series one. Absolutely. With a, a nice Ronza Kappa. So we're going to announce our number one album of the year. It could only be one album. This is an album that has dominated my listening throughout the entire year. This is my son's favorite album. He I, every time we play a song or play a record, he's like big, 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 big. And if you're not aware of this artist. Where the fuck have you been? It is, of course, Fontaine's DC with their album Doggerel. And this is the first track. We're going to come back and talk about it. Thank Dublin in the rain is mine. A pregnant city with a Catholic mind. Starts those sheets for the birdhouse jail. Our mescaline when the past is stale. Pale. Dublin in the rain is mine. A pregnant city with a Catholic mind. Slick little boy with a mind of rich. Pulling that thread for the next big fix This My childhood was small My childhood was small But I'm gonna be big So there we have it, our number one album Fontaine's DC And I mean, we were both in agreement. Uh, this got top marks from both yeah, of us Yeah, it did 
It didn't need. There was it was undisputed this one. It really was, and I'm glad that we had an undisputed winner. Unanimous decision. And it seems like looking at everybody else's end of the year list, um, pretty much all the British press are making this their number one album as well. Radio Six, Rough Trades. Yeah. Um, quite a few people have put well, that out. Yeah. There. You're right, yes, but I've also seen it like very low down or completely absent from other ones. Other ones. So, example, uh, Pitchfork. Yeah, well, this is it. The American media doesn't. It doesn't. Anywhere. I don't see me see that anywhere. The, the, I went again. Vinyl me, please. I've been mean, subscribed to that. No mention of it at no, all. No. And it's a fucking phenomenal album. It's post-punk greatness it really is it's got that Irish charm it's got I don't know if I can liken it to the commitments but it's got that kind of working class background yeah I love it just sitting around and enjoying each other's company yeah enjoying Irish kind of heritage and all their kind of well you know you're one quarter Irish you should you should tell us all about that absolutely yeah no it definitely does and it's what I like about it it's it just excites me. It got me excited Aye. again. I was like, it, it feels like classic, but it's new. Aye. And it's just, like, that, just that drum beat. Again, people, and I love people singing in their own accents. Yes, absolutely. Whether they're Scottish, Irish, Welsh, English, I don't Whatever. care. I actually don't care. Aye, as long as you just show it. You don't have to sing like an American. No. You know, if you're American, great. Sing like an American, of course, yeah, of course. but don't feel like you have to put a, an accent on to sing. So I, I love that, but... Just the energy and the kind of—I don't. It's just—it's exciting. It's such an exciting, exciting album. I listen to this album uh, non-stop. Like I said, Ivor wants to listen to Big Big, and he'll actually make us put it back to the first track constantly. But I was listening it maybe two or three times today, which shows. I mean, it's been out so long, but I can still listen to it multiple times a day. Um, it's an absolute kind of breathless album it, because of the energy. It's non-stop, doom, doom, doom. Like the first three or four tracks is non-stop. Yeah. And then when you get to a point where they're playing a slower song and you feel like you've got a chance to, to breathe, yeah. you're using all that energy to sing along because yeah. it's like a fucking ballad that you want to sing along to. And they've got so much control over the listener. I obviously bought this album as soon as I heard it. I had to get that. Same. And it, it's kind of like this kind of piss yellow piss fucking yellow, mail. That's what I called it. Exactly what I called and it. And like with with dog grill in the title, it, it just makes me think of a dog pissing against a lamp. <laughs> um, however, something that really solidified why this is the best act of the year and the best album of the year was their live performances as well. I don't know if you ever saw like... No, I've not. Their performances like at Glastonbury was just fucking intense. And it is heavy 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 music when they're playing live it's like fucking wall of noise wall of sounds and it's just great to see these five young Irish boys just fucking doing their thing Do you and know they what? have expanded to America they've been on the kind of chat shows they've, they've done that kind of live circuit there but I, I don't know I just fully deserve yeah, absolutely. them to listen and the cool thing is that this is a debut album yeah and for a debut album from mm. an artist okay from our shores, yep. in inverted commas, because uh-huh. they're Irish, so they're not from uh, the United Kingdom. But for, from these shores, it's like so exciting, and I'm so glad that it's like someone new and exciting yep. in 2019. And I'm like, yeah, I think I think they thoroughly, thoroughly deserve it. And again, it was a very, very early release. It was, but it's so um, enduring. Yeah, it really is. I looked at actually buying some of their. Original singles, right? They're so expensive now. Oh, I so expensive. One thing because Rough Trade made this their album of the year, they have released a kind of side 
record where it has all the kind of original mixes yeah. and the original single mixes okay. on one album. They've also released it under another colour as well, so it's this kind of maroon colour. Ah. So if you're interested and you can't get a uh, like a piss coloured variant, yeah, go and get that maroon coloured variant. Deal. Absolutely. What do you do? Um, a worthwhile investment. I'm we sure. don't want to talk about too much about it. This top ten has been fantastic. 2019 was a stellar year, maybe not a classic year, but there were a lot of good acts and a lot of good albums out there. They were indeed. Because this is our favourite album of the year, we're going to leave you with another track from that album. And it's probably, I would say, maybe the most famous track from Doggerel. And it mm. is Too Real. Yeah, absolutely. And um, before we leave, I'd just like to say thank you for listening to yeah, our podcast. Yeah, thanks so much for all your listens, all your comments, all your ratings. We really, really appreciate it. And, you know, without your support, we wouldn't really do this, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. This was a kind of pipe dream of ours for a long time. Yeah. We, we bit the bullet in March. We released in April. And it's been fantastic. And we're hoping to make it easier for you to listen to by putting everything under the Series 1 kind of umbrella and yeah. moving into Series 2. We look forward to your listenership. Carry on, please. Please share. I know we've not been too busy on Instagram, but we're going to make an effort. We are. We promise. That's a pledge here. That's that's another Craig Smith pledge. <laughs> Craig Smith pledge. I'm going to watch a, a, a surfing video <laughs> and I'm going to do stuff on Instagram. Promise. Okay, so from us, drink more rum, listen to more records. And just fucking... Yeah, and all the best for 2020. And we look forward to engaging with you then and have a, have a, have a good one. The winter even settles down. The brills and beetle bulk and sky six o'clock. The city in its final dress. And now a gusty shower wraps the grimy scraps of withered leaves on a bench our feet. And then the ringing of a switching hand. Six o'clock, six o'clock. Is it too real for ya? Is it too real for ya? Is it too real for ya? Is it too real?